thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Got a tough church. I appreciate you guys being warriors and coming out in weather like this. We, uh, we left off with the series In It, Not Of It. I've kind of finished that up and we're jumping in kind of into that Christmas season. And today's message is kind of a little bit of both, okay? Um, and um, the reason it's a little bit of both, um, an incident happened, and some of you are familiar with the story, and I'm going to kind of set that table for you. And then as we look at that, I think it says a lot uh, about in it, not of it, but it also kind of propels us or launches us into the Christmas season as well. And uh, I want to share this with you um, in the message this morning. Um, there's a pastor from Indianapolis, Indiana, named Davy Blackburn. He's got a wife named Amanda. She's 28 years old. They already had a 15-month-old son. She was pregnant, 12 weeks pregnant, with their second child. On November the 10th, three gentlemen broke into their house while she was there, and murdered her. They've charged an 18-year-old man with that murder and two other suspects. He said, well, why would you talk about that in Thanksgiving? We looked at Paul two weeks ago, and in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul writes these words, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm. What would Paul say today to Pastor Davy Blackburn? What would he say today? What would he say to you and me today when we face challenges? Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Woo! You want to be in it and not of it. That will test you. It doesn't matter if he's a pastor. That will test you. We find the answer in a story we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Happened in a jail cell. You remember the story well. Paul was on a journey in the Philippi. He meets a young lady named Lydia, leads her to Christ and her family. Upon that, she and her family become the first church in Europe. Acts 16 continues the story. They later meet a girl, a slave girl, who had an evil spirit in her, evil to some eyes. Her master didn't think it was evil. But she had the ability to predict the future. So her master made a lot of money off her by predicting the future. Paul did not like that, the way she was being used by him. So he, by the Spirit of God, cast that evil spirit out of that girl. That ticked off. His master, her master. Her master had Paul and Silas 
stripped, beaten, and thrown in the prison. How did they respond? About midnight, the story says, that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake that happened. The walls started to shake. The walls came down. The prison doors flew open. The guard freaked out because the guard thought that Paul and Silas and all the prisoners would run for it. So he, in a panic, runs to the cell. He's freaking out, thinking they're going to leave. He was ready to take his own life because he did not want them to find out that he let them go. And Paul intercepts him and says, hey, wait, don't do that. We're still here. We're still here singing. We're still here praying. None of us have left. Not just Paul and Silas didn't leave, but none of the other prisoners left as well. Can you imagine that, running into a jail cell after the walls come down? What do they want the most? They want freedom. They want to get out of there. This is not some Taj Mahal prison, remember? This is short, about five foot tall, got a hole in the ceiling. They used the bathroom in there, the same location they dropped food through the hole to feed them. Okay? Not where you wanted to be. At night, rats ran over you. Mice and all kind of critters, okay? Not the place to be. They're sitting in there continuing to pray and sing with the walls not even there. They're not even there. Here's a big question for you and for me. Why should we, me and you, sing hymns at midnight in our jail cell? Why should we, me and you, why should we sing hymns at midnight in jail cells? You've been there. Dark times in your life. Times of questions, no answers. Times of I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I don't know what we're going to do about our marriage. I don't have an answer to raising our children. I don't know what we're going to do with my parents or your parents. I don't know what I'm going to do about work. I didn't know I was getting laid off. Midnight. Unexpected phone calls. Darkness. Questions. Concerns. Don't know what to do. Don't have any answer to anything. You're in a jail cell. It's dark. It's lonely. Why do we sing? Why do we cry out? I want to look at three things that answers this question. First is this. Worship in the hardest places of life is a powerful resource. Worship in the hardest places in life is a powerful resource. Now, you're like me. It is so much easier to just start bailing out in that that car and in that shower and in that house when things are good, isn't it? How many of us really like to worship when it all is good? 
Y'all, am I alone on that? You out there? You made it in from the ice. You ought to have a good time. Amen. I mean, here's the deal. I, I have no problem hitting the worship switch when it's good. I don't. I don't. But my friends, it's a whole different story when it's midnight in a jail. It's a whole different story. The test of the Jesus in me, the test of who he is in me, the test of the promise of his word, and the hope in the darkness is seen in the jail cell at midnight. Oh, it's not on the mountain when it's sunny in 72, my friend. There's lost people that you could convince to worship them. They don't even know what they're singing. Anybody can sing it there. But it's a whole different thing when you can worship when it's hard. But it's an absolute powerful resource. Psalm 100 verse 4 says this. We enter God's gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. When we draw close to the Father in worship, even in worse pain and suffering, he empowers us to face our greatest challenges. I want to encourage you to do something. When it gets hard, when it gets hard, when you don't know, when you've got more questions than answers, worship. Just worship. You say, I've never done that. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know if I can do that. I, it doesn't even make sense to do that. That's exactly why you do it. Because listen to me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. So when this world squeezes you, let the song of the redeemed come out. you got to sing it then, my friend. When this old world squeezes you and punches you in the mouth and kicks you in the gut and you don't get it and it's not fair and you got more questions than answers and you're mad as a hornet, that's fine. Just don't sting nobody. Sing. Just don't sting. You need to sing. Don't do that. Paul and Silas, in the darkest moment, in a jail cell, no good for nobody. Thrown in there for what? For leading Lydia the Christ? For starting the first church in Europe? For casting a demon out of a slave girl? Look what the slave girl chased, her, chased Paul saying. Listen to him. He's seeing, he's telling about the, sing, about the king, about the one true God. That's what she's chasing, singing. That's what she's saying. Listen to me. We're entering a time of the year where it's all about getting what's on your list. Oh, man. Getting the presents, buying the gifts, being entertained with all that stuff. And I'm telling you, there's beauty in it in every aspect of it. But deep below the surface of all that stuff, it's Jesus. It's a king. It's born to us this day, a savior. My friends, you want to be in it, not of it? Over the next month, sing your song. Sing that song loud. I don't care if you don't get what you want for Christmas. I don't care if you don't get anything. Here's what I want you to get. I want you to get a new perspective of an old king.
Amen. I want you to see him like you've never seen him, and I want you to experience him at Christmas like you've never experienced him. And I want you to be like the shepherds that couldn't stop telling people. We got to go back and tell them what we saw. I want you to be like the magi that bowed down and presented him with gifts and worship him. I want you to sing that song no matter what the next month holds for you, my friend. Sing that song. If it's midnight in jail, you sing that song. If it's sunny in 72, you sing that song. If you slip and fall on ice, you sing that song while you rub your hiney. All right? You just sing that song. All right? Sing that song. Second thing is this. Worship is a powerful witness. Worship is a powerful witness. I want you to see this story. I want you to picture this story. Paul and Silas start busting out in song. We don't know anything about the background of these prisoners. But we're going to go on a limb and say they were some lost dudes. Lost. They were probably in there for legitimate crimes. They were probably downcast by their families and outcast by society. They were probably seen as nothing but trash and junk. And they were thrown in the pits of a jail. Nasty jail. And all of a sudden, two guys walk in. And at midnight, man, they start singing. And they start worshiping. And all of a sudden, it says in Scripture that other prisoners heard Paul and Silas, and they what? And they what? They sang. <laughs> they started singing. I'm going to tell you right now, these cats probably never sang a hymn in their life. And they started singing. Can you imagine that? They didn't say, dude, be quiet. We're in jail. Why are you singing? Do you understand when you sleep tonight, a rat's going to run over your leg? It's going to run over your leg. Why are you singing? You don't even understand. Quit singing. There's no place to sing. It's irreverent to sing in jail. What's wrong with you? You can't do that. It's irreverent to sing at, church, at, at work. So sing. It may be irreverent to pray at work. Pray. Somebody at your work wants you to pray. Somebody at your work needs you to pray. Somebody at work needs your hymn. And somebody at work needs a scripture. If you're not going to give it the next 30 days, when are you going to give it? July 4th weekend? No. You're going to give them a beer. You need to give them scripture. You need to give them a hymn. That's what you need to do. This time of year, my friend, Christmas season if you're ever going to be a witness for the king, if you're ever going to be what God wants you to be, if you're ever going to be in love with Jesus like no other 11 months of the year, it's going to be the next month. Because everything around you points to the king. And if you can't talk then, you're not going to talk. This whole series all fall was about being in it and not of it. It's time over the next month to really put some feet to that series. You say, well, I didn't know we did series that made us do things. I thought you just did series because they were fun. They are fun. 
But I, as your pastor, am not speaking to you because it's fun. I preach to you the word of God because I want it to come alive and produce a fruit. If it's not producing a fruit, we just ought to watch movies. We can watch Elf or something, okay? We don't, we don't need to do church. Listen to me. There are people that need to hear your hymn in jail. There are people that need to sing and see you sing and hear you sing at midnight. Will you be obedient to that? When we are faithful to God in the hardest places, people take notes and our faith becomes real to them. When we sing our hymn, we sing our song, when we sing for the king in the hardest places, the unexpected places, they look at us and they see the Jesus that's in us is real. People want a real Jesus. They don't want a commercialized, puffed up, dressed up, lip service, no life-changing Jesus. They don't want that. They've seen that. They've seen the hypocrisy of a fake Jesus. But when they see a real Jesus, they're drawn to that. They climb in trees like Zacchaeus to see that Jesus. What kind of Jesus this Christmas season will you reflect? Will you really be in it and of it? Or will you be in it and not of it? Oh, you can get sucked in to the vacuum and the commercialized Christmas. Or you can walk with your eyes on the king and sing a song and others will join in and you won't have any idea that they did it. You know, one of the, speaking of elves, the movie, not even in my notes, but an interesting, <laughs> see, there's a lot of things not in your notes, preacher. So, but here's the interesting thing about Elf. At the end, that hard, hard girl, at the end, starts singing. And everybody else starts singing. Doesn't she? When she starts singing, everybody joins her. And that, in that little movie, gave the power to the sled. How about you? Are others not singing because you're not singing? Probably so. Probably so. If you'll start singing, you'll be joined by many. There'll be a lot of people start singing. You say, well, I, 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 I don't sing good. So hum. I hum. People start humming. All right? Just start humming. Just sing it. Just do something. Let something that's in you come out of you because some people need to hear what's in you. They wonder if it's in you. They see things about you. They're like, hmm, I know he goes to church. There's something different about him over the last two or three years, but I'm not real sure it's legit yet. You start singing, it's legit. You start singing, it's legit. You say, well, I, I, you know, I, don't, I, I don't want to throw Jesus in the face. I said, you got to be a gentleman about it. Jesus was a gentleman. He was. Paul was a gentleman too. Still got to sing. Commanded to sing. Third is this. Worship is a powerful legacy. Worship is a powerful legacy. 20 centuries after Paul was persecuted in Philippi, 
We're still learning from his faith. You can't measure the eternal significance. You cannot measure the eternal significance of the present faithfulness. Your faithfulness cannot be measured. I mean, there is an eternal value in it. Your faithfulness here can last for eternity. My friends, your faithfulness here and your witness out there can lead someone to Christ. You say, well, they can just watch my life, right? To a certain extent, they can. But eventually, eventually, you got to open up and either sing your song or tell your story. Pastor Davey Blackburn said these words to his wife. She lived one day after being shot. And right before she passed away, he told her this. I told her that we knew how to do a long-distance relationship. Because we've done that before. And it was something that we could overcome. Woo! I like to think that there's enough in me that while I had the hand of my wife right before she passes, I could tell her, I know what it's like and we know what it's like to do a long-distance relationship. We could do it again. I hope and pray I could do that. I work every day at being in that level. Can you get that? Is there depth in you? Listen to this. You guys pop that slide, that first slide. The Sunday before she passed away, in his message, he made this statement. What controls you is what you worship. What controls you is what you worship. Worship is a 24-7 lifestyle lived out not just on Sunday, but Monday through Sunday, every single day. What controls you is what you worship. If, you, if you're controlled by your schedule, that's what you worship. Controlled by your work, that's what you worship. For some of us, we're controlled by anger. That's what we worship. For some of us, we're controlled by unforgiveness because we won't let it go. That's what we worship. Are we seeing? We can't worship. You see, you can sing songs. There's a difference between singing and worship. Pop that next slide. We are great at worship. The question is, what are you great at worshiping? Not everything is going to sustain you. That's deep. That's hard. We are great at worship. We are. We're great at worship. Yesterday, Ohio State played Michigan in what they call the big house. 110,000 people in that stadium, Michigan. They cheered everything. Catches, runs, fumbles, hits, ejections, penalties, 
Everybody. And I was thinking, 110,000 people. Some of those cats are going to be in worship tomorrow. Somebody is. Maybe not 110, but somebody is. Will that be that much passion, that much zeal, that much zest in worshiping the one true risen, redeemed king who's coming back to get us than a bunch of guys running around who need a rest, chasing a little football that a pig gave everything he had for. You know what I mean? Poor guy. What about you and me? What are we worshiping today? Because we're great at worship, man. We are. The question is, what are you worshiping? Not everything is going to sustain you. Paul and Silas in a dark, dungy, nasty cell was worshiping. Worshiping their heart out in the darkest moment of their life. And they were joined by others. And remember that guard said this. When he realized they were just all still sitting there. And he wasn't going to take his life. And he finally calmed down. The only thing he could say was this. Tell me what I must do to be saved. (laughs) Woo! Tell me what I must do to be saved. Psalm 40 says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slippery pit and out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. And watch this. Many will see, many will fear, and many will put their trust in the Lord. This Christmas season, as you walk the next month through this season called Christmas, may you be in it and not of it. And will you sing your song wherever God puts you and entrusts you to the people he puts you around. It's a divine appointment, every one of them. Sing your song. For many will hear, many will see, and many will put their trust in the Lord. If you'll sing your song as the redeemed this Christmas season, before we ever walk into it, get ready. I want you to walk in like you've never walked in before. You'll get a gift. Kind of goes with the territory. Don't sweat that. But you worship him like you've never worshipped him before. And when given the opportunity, and you feel a prompting by the Holy Spirit of God within you, you speak, you sing, you holler, you shout for your king. Because here's what I've told you before. That little wrench in your gut is not from the enemy. The enemy will never convict you to sing a song about the king. But God will. He'll say, sing my song I put in you. So follow him this season and sing your song. And have a Christmas to remember. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you. That in the hardest times, we still got a song. 
Father, you've commanded us to sing the song that you've put in us. Each of our songs are different. Each of our crowds are different. Each of those surrounding us are different. Each person has divine appointments. And Father, I pray that we will set apart in our heart this day that this coming holiday season, we're going to sing our song. Maybe for the first time, but we're going to sing our song. And many will hear, many will see, and many will put their trust in the King. God, during this invitation time, God, I pray you stir us, boy. Deep. Speak deep. We can't run from it. We can't say it wasn't you. We know it's you. God, you move us deep. Shake us deep. Birth in us deep in our soul desire to go to another level for you, to take a step, to get out of the comfort zone, to sing at midnight in a jail cell. See what you do. Father, maybe there's someone here today that needs to meet you before this Christmas season ever begins, to meet the one they call Jesus, the Savior of the world. I pray they will come this morning. Father, if there's a family looking for a church home, it's a great place sweet place. Pray, Father, you lead them here today. Father, maybe you just need to lead us to the altar and bow down before you and say, God, I want a Christmas like I've never had before. And I want to see you like I've never seen it. I want to sing this Christmas. So, Father, you move us during this invitation time. This is our time, our invitation from you to respond to you. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. May you be blessed today. Christ's name. Amen.